Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Me, yours truly, broadcasting here, episode number 87 of this program. We've covered a lot of ground today, uh, and we have a, a ways to go. Uh, can you believe Can you believe it that uh, you and I got to chat with a bona fide NASA astronaut, spent over 200 days in outer space, and he was giving us advice on how to uh, best deal with uh, social distancing and uh, keeping our minds busy and being productive uh, while we're all cooped up, uh, <laughs> uh, working towards flattening the curve. That's pretty cool. Uh, what I'm going to try to do towards the end of the program today, uh, he gave us some fascinating stuff. Uh, again, this astronaut, Ricky Arnold, uh, and uh, the, the fine folks, uh, producers here on this program have been chopping up that audio. And I want to share with you again some of the, uh, some of the information that he shared with us, some of the advice that he gave uh, to, to you and me. Uh, advice that he uh, gained or information and insight that he gained uh, while aboard the International Space Station, all up there uh, alone, essentially save uh, his crew of five others. Uh, fascinating stuff, and we'll cover it again uh, later on in today's program. Also want you to know that it is in podcast form, available for you to listen uh, right now. In the meantime, though, uh, honored to be joined by Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about opening the United States uh, up for business uh, once again. Congressman, sir, how are you? Hey, this is horrible, man. You bring the little old congressman on after the uh, NASA astronaut. That, how, how am I supposed to compete with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. I, I know you've yeah. set some. I know you've set some uh, some records in the sky. But uh, he, this gentleman may have traveled a few more miles than you, sir. <laughs> a few more miles, two hundred days in space. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell. You, let it, me ask you this, uh, Stuart. What has your attention? What are you working on uh, right now? Well, it's the thing that you started out with, and that is uh, about a week ago, ten days ago. My focus has shifted to where. I felt like we were doing everything that we could to contain the coronavirus, to protect our family, our friends, and the nation. And uh, that was in pretty strong hands, but it was time to start talking about opening up the economy. I just don't think that a lot of people, and here's the irony of this, Lee, a lot of people are people in government who are getting their paycheck. And, and others, I'm just not sure they appreciate how devastating this this has been for so many tens of millions of Americans. I mean, think about this. Nearly 23 million Americans lost their job in the last three weeks. That's unfathomable. And if we're not talking about that and giving hope and, and, a, and a timeline to these individuals about when they can get their life back, then we're simply failing. We have to be able to discuss that and to put a plan forward 
that gives people a sense that, okay, this isn't going to be last forever. I can hang on for a few more weeks, help me get through that, and then let me go back to work. The Utah legislature is in the midst of a special session where they uh, are discussing certain measures and calling for certain reports and advice to be brought together. Uh, what do you think could best be uh, done at the legislative level, level here at the, the state uh, to, to get us back in, in operation uh, here in Utah? And I, and I know it's unfair of me to well, ask you to weigh into state politics, you know, being a member of Congress, but uh, as far as you're comfortable. Yeah, well, and, and I'd like to say that I trust the governor, lieutenant governor, I mean, Jeff Burton, who's the task force commander on this. I, I know these gentlemen, and I have tremendous respect for them, and the legislatures as well. Utah is very blessed to have the leadership that we have from uh, the representatives and House senators on up. And, and I trust them to make the big decisions. But in, And so I'm not limiting our comments specifically to the state legislatures, because I think the issues and the solutions are, are identical between what President Trump and, and those of us in Congress have to decide and what the states have to decide. <clears throat> and I think part of it is this, recognizing that we had to make decisions about a month ago now, but doing that on very incomplete information. We just didn't know uh, three weeks ago or a little longer how devastating this virus was going to be. We were told at that time that maybe 3 million, maybe even some models had 5 million Americans dying. And even those who took into account the social distancing and shutting down the economy, I mean, making, literally telling people, stay home, don't ever come out of your homes, even models that took that into account were still suggesting maybe 280,000 Americans would die again, maybe more. We now know that that's not true. I mean, we're on track to have, uh, thankfully, and thank heaven for this, it's far, far less than that. So we have more information than we had a month ago when some of these decisions were made. And I just think that we owe it to the people to update our policies based on the information that we have and to also take into account the reality that you, you talk about deaths of despair, you know, alcoholic deaths, overdose deaths, suicide. Having worked on suicide prevention for the last three to four years, I can tell you that 20% of suicides are attributable to unemployment. We also have to consider those types of threats to uh, human life and, again, to try to balance them. And so, Lee, I mean, uh, the governor is going to come out with a plan, I think, in the next few days. I think the president is going to do it today where he we can open up the economy, letting those who are at minimum risk, the young and the healthy, continuing to protect those who are at greater risk, the older and those with underlying health concerns, balancing those two, and uh, and protect what, as we need to, but let those who are at minimum risk get back and, and, and get out and, and start to make livings for their family. I'm so glad you brought up the, the mental health aspect of all of this. Uh, if I'm honest, when all of this started, I uh, I never considered that. And then I saw this tiny little press release that, uh, that I almost missed. I almost overlooked it. And it came from the Salt Lake City Police Department. And it was just a few weeks ago that... In terms of domestic violence, 911 calls, they had received an increase in those types of calls of 33%. Uh, my next move to learn more about that was over to the Domestic Violence Coalition here in the state of Utah, where they said, uh, yeah, we're aware of their 33%. Well, guess what? We've been getting an uptick in calls of uh, 50, 60, sometimes now 70%. Utah County, uh, they are reporting, the commissioners at least, are reporting an uptick of 75% of domestic violence calls. That's one uh, of many uh, of the impacts uh, that this stuff is having. The, aside from uh, you know, the deaths, 
uh, attributed to the coronavirus. Uh, the secondary ramifications and consequences of this stuff are, are absolutely heartbreaking. I'm grateful to you for, for bringing those up. Yeah, and again, uh, we're trying to balance those, but we got to do it with a, with a realistic eye and compassion towards both sides. Uh, Lee, I can't begin to tell you. Uh, uh, number one is I'm amazed how busy I am. Uh, if you would have told me a month ago, hey, you're going to start working at home, I would have thought, well, you know, how do I possibly do that? And we are. We're as busy as I've ever been. But I have, had, I have talked to literally hundreds of people in the last two weeks who feel like their economic future has been destroyed. These are people like who, uh, a young man who washes windows for a living. He's got four kids. And he's, he's in tears, and he's saying to me, what am I supposed to do? I have to feed my family. What am I supposed to do to uh, others who uh, small business owners who have shut down their business, and they, and they realize I'm not going to be able to bring it back. I have so much debt accumulated against this business now, and even with the government help, I'm not going to be able to re- resurrect this business. And, uh, again, let's start talking about the plan to let people go back, take care of their families, we can do it. We can do it in a way that protects the most vulnerable. And that's not just an opinion. That's a fact. You can look at other countries who have dealt with this differently than we have. Sweden, as well as others, some in Asia, who have demonstrated that we can, they can open up their economies and not have a resurgence of the hospitalizations, the infections, and the emergency rooms and death from coronavirus. You can do it now. We know we can do it in a way that protects both. And I look forward to the president and the governor talking about that. Congressman Chris Stewart, we'll leave it at that. Grateful to you for your time and the work and energy you're putting into this uh, and to all of the aspects. Every aspect, uh, it looks like, is under your consideration. I'm grateful to you for that. Thanks again for your time. I'm uh, going to let you go. When we come back, we're going to be uh, we're gonna continue this conversation. And, and if I'm honest, uh, we're either going to – here's a funny thing. This is uh, uh, producing radio on the fly. We're either going to be speaking about the president's uh, new task force, economic task force to reopen the government, or uh, we're going to be talking about some of the successes seen by businesses here uh, on the receiving end of grant money. Uh, Don't know. We'll flip a coin. (laughs) Come back to you after the break uh, here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.